This is gonna be the weirdest episode we ever put out. I'm Max, and you're listening to Zetus Lapidus, a Mammoth Club original podcast. What up, merfolk? This is Alan. And Molly. And Max. And you're listening to Zetus Lapidus, the podcast where we watched all the DCOMs or Disney Channel original movies in chronological order and comb over them with a fine tooth comb in excruciating detail. Don't and this you mean week, a dingle hopper? Okay. A I mean, thingamabob. Uh, a whatchamacallit. And this week, we're talking about. A snarf the- blat. That's a pipe. Get out of here. <laughs> And this week we're talking about the thirteenth year. Which These are is, mermaid jokes. It is a because mer- this is this is just budget splash. Can we all just agree that this is just budget splash? I don't think I've ever seen splash, so I can't comment. Well, on... it's got Tom Hanks in it, so it's automatically better than who plays Cody Ches Starbuck. That's not, that's right. not his name, right? That's a hell hold on, of a name. hold on. I'm not <laughs> tell me, tell me that's his name. I'm triple checking it. Tell me that's his. name. I literally copy and pasted it. Adult- his name is Chet Starbuck. Is he in the adult film industry now? Hold on, he has to be of the Starbucks family. This- All right, hold on, hold on. What is else, that what why it's about a mermaid? What else did he star in? The logo. Holy shit balls! <laughs> what? His last name is Starbuck. And he's in the movie about a mermaid? Yeah. Molly, you have wow. unlocked the 13th year. I understand it so much better now. That is, a, I'm mind blown, actually. His filmography is, it's not porn, but his second TV series is called Undressed. Uh, I remember that show. He's in in Timeshare. Then you're invited to Mary Kate and Ashley's school dance to be party. Fair, are you looking at IMDb? Because I don't know. The I don't think shows. adult <laughs> films are going to be listed on IMDb. <laughs> well, I literally one of them is called Little Oral Annie Back in the Saddle. <laughs> well, you know, actually, I might be wrong. <laughs> I retract my statement. Maybe I'm incorrect. Actually. <laughs> And that is, oh my God. I think that is a good tone setter for this episode because you I know don't what? know that's that this the podcast. So gonna be, I don't know that this episode is gonna. This, you know, we like to teeter on PG thirteen. I think this one is. We are off the rip. Oh God. Okay. 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 So while we're on IMDb, let's Starbuck. <laughs> wow. Let's actually talk about the basic show info that IMDb lists. Yeah. Which is after he begins to grow fins and slimy scales on his 13th birthday, Cody learns that his birth mother is a mermaid. A a fair synopsis, I would say. I think that's good. It doesn't... Does it give away too much? I mean, the title of the film is incredibly vague, right? But the the show info is just like, hey, guess what? And let me say this. That sentence you just read, just as interesting as the movie. Uh, yeah. The release date of this film was May 15th of 1999. I suppose the the most prudent question to ask is, either of you watched this movie as a kid? 100%. What are you opening right now? Uh, Seltzer. Molly has a liter of seltzer. No, not even a liter. She's like Chez Starbucks. She's very, she's wanting, she needs a lot of water. She's incredibly thirsty. I'm getting in character. I want to understand the character so I can talk about the film. So I too am going to slam all of that water. Immense amount of water. Actually, the reason I have this two liter is because I often consume less water than advisable in the theme parks. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, time out. Less water than advisable. Molly subsists on a diet of coffee and big breaths of air, and it is not healthy in any way, shape, or form. She's going to be like, I haven't had water today. I'm like, yeah, you're I have dying. had water today. 
So I, I just like to pack it all in at the end. Okay. Nice. That's so, good. You know, build the reservoir. Yeah. Science. Science. Mm. There's a lot of good science in this movie. I there mean, is, as it, it turns out. Yeah, so lots of, of lots of very correct factual scientific information <laughs> gets shared. In lots this, of in lots of movie. lots of um well researched, <laughs> well funded, yeah. well uh-huh. executed experiments and tests. Yeah. Uh, uh, a plethora of tests, you might say. So many tests. Um, yeah. to, but to answer your question, Alan, yes, I did watch this growing up and I remember loving it. And spoiler review. Or spoiler review. Spoiler, huh? alert. spoiler review. <laughs> spoiler review. Didn't love it this time. No? I think that we've had that conversation about a lot of these decoms yeah, so far. Only, so, so far, maybe only, that's just a decom problem. Yeah. So far, only Xenon has held up. Yeah, this was, and Halloween Town also held up. This one did not. Did uh, what not about, and, and for different reasons than, than other ones that we'll get into. Yeah, I 100% watched this. I remember watching it when it came out. This movie had quite an impact on me, actually. So, uh, I I, you know, I, I, uh, I have very fond memories of this movie and, and you know what? I understand that more now. Oh, good. I can't wait. I have a, I have a better understanding of my reaction to this film today. Mm. than I did when I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't I didn't know what was ahead of me. You know, uh-huh. I yeah. I didn't know what the future would hold. I didn't know why I was reacting the way I was, but you know, all I'm going to say is that this movie is so horny. It's just yeah. it's very, just very such horny a horny film. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it just really and at 10, I didn't know how to grapple with that, but oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. At 30 something, you're like you still oh, don't know how to grapple with I that. get it. You know what? I get it. I understand. I uh, understand. I unlike the two of you, this was my first viewing. Oh, that's true movie. of a lot of these decoms yeah, for where you. Where did you like? Did you live in a rock? You were a Nick kid, weren't you? No, I had a fairly. I mean, I had a fairly religious upbringing, yeah. and that was like seventh heaven until you got to the racy bits or nothing. And like, if the racy bits of seventh heaven are like not allowed in my household, then you're sure as shit not gonna get the thirteenth year where you get the most horny longing looks from a mer mom. So. This is a pretty horny movie. Remember how horny the 90s were. Let's talk about what happened on May 15th of 1999, shall we? Let's get into the time period. Besides my sexual awakening. We'll get to that. You know what? I think that I is... I want to go in depth in that. <laughs> that is a right. linchpin of our conversation. Um, however, the top song, it is Livin' La Vida Loca. By Ooh. Ricky Martin. I love this song. It holds up. Superstition. Voodixen. What? Voodix. Voodix. Are you okay? something on the brain? I'm cats. sorry. I just watched this movie. Like <laughs> Black and cats. Voodoo dolls. And Thank you. Um, <laughs> I had a premonition. <laughs> that girl's going to make me fall. She make you take your clothes off and go dancing in the rain. Right, don't actually sing. Why do you know so much Ricky Martin? She'll take away your pain. Like a bullet to your brain. Upside, inside out. You're living la vida loca. The top grossing film at the time, The Mummy, starring Brendan Fraser. That's a good Speaking movie. of sexual awakenings. 
I mean, am I right? (laughs) You are right, but I think for different reasons. (laughs) No, I think for the same reasons. (laughs) Brendan Fraser? I think everybody's bisexual awakening happened from that movie. I mean, both the the male and female leads of that So hot. Yeah, very attractive. That movie movie is sexy. That movie is sexy. And even even like the sort of, I can't remember the name of the, the, the actual like tribe of the Egyptian, whatever they're called. Everybody's sexy. Like the group. But he is not an ugly man either. Everybody's sexy in that movie. Yeah. I mean, yes, I was, I was particularly interested. What's the girl? What's the woman's name? I was just going to look her. Isn't it Rachel something? Isn't it Rachel White? Rachel Rachel White. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Obviously I was interested in Rachel White, but I do the, there is a, uh, I feel like once a year, social media remembers the mummy. Yeah. And uh, there are many people that found their sexuality through that film. Agreed. And here's what I'm going to say about The Mummy and Brandon Fraser specifically. Did you guys see the same standing ovation he got at the film yes. festival? Uh, yeah. Yes. It was so sweet. He cried. He like had kind of been exiled by Hollywood for some horrible things in his past. And this was his great return to, to the screen. And there was like a 15 minute standing ovation, which is just... It made me cry watching that video. We do love some Brendan Fraser. That was good. And I hope he finally got his cup of coffee. I do too. Mm-hmm. Nice reference to the mummy ride. That's a universal joke. It's a universal joke. Mm-hmm. Well done. Well done. Uh, some news headlines of the time. In the 124th running of the Preakness, Chris Antley won aboard Charismatic for the second leg of an unsuccessful Triple Crown campaign, meaning he only won two out of the three on the Triple Crown run. Lost at the Belmont. Yeah, Lost of the Belmont. Mm, it is wild that you know that. Oh, the, the horse girl knows where, that, where things yeah, go wrong. Yeah, it's wild that uh, someone who grew up riding horses knows the three most important horse races. I'm sorry, is dressage? You didn't do dressage, did you? No. What'd you do? Hunter jumper. Hunt, hunter jumper? Mm-hmm. Is that, okay. English. English. As if that helps me. Oh, we're gonna get into horse racing later. Cause yeah, we're yes. soon. We're gonna be we're gonna be educated yeah, in the future. All right, yeah, let's pause horse I'll education. Save my stuff for when we watch Ready to Run. We but I mean, like, all I'll say is that I know those three races, yeah, and I didn't like, do shit with horses. The Triple Crown oh. is like the Super Bowl. You gotta know. Yeah, yeah. You got. This everybody got to know. I gotta say though, uh, we'll get back to this, and I'll talk more. Belmont's last, right? Belmont's last Derby. So if first. The, I, I think the derby. point is, Alan, that if they got two out of three, I'm they, she lost they had to have lost right. on the third one. So Kentucky right? like, Derby, Preakness, Belmont, Belmont. Correct. One of my yeah. bucket list things is to go to the Kentucky Derby. Wait, wait, wait. Time out. Mammoth Club does the Triple Crown. I'll do the tri- I'll do happily do the Triple Crown. I mostly want to do the Derby because I want to drink yeah, bourbon it's and mint such juleps, an and it's like yeah. I want to wear a big ass hat. Yeah, and like I've been I haven't been on race day, but when I was in high school, my band marched in the Kentucky Derby parade, and we oh. got to like tour the racetrack. Yeah, um, and like cool. see everything. So I I marched in the parade. I just, it's such, it's a big social event and it's a big like to do of fashion and fanciness. And I think it'd be very, very fun. Gambling. All right. So that's on the list of things to do. And in any case, that's a news headline is that charismatic won the Preakness, but then don't you remember when I forget the horse's name now won the triple crown and it had been the first horse to win in a really long time. I do remember together in Epcot and I was crying in Epcot. Yes. I do remember this. event. What was the name of that horse? It was such a big boy. It I remember them being a big he, boy. Justify I remember I won it most recently, but American Pharaoh is the one I, I remember think we're American all thinking of. Pharaoh winning. 
You guys know what a hand is? This? When it comes to horses. What merfolk use to telenetically, no. uh, to, tele, to, to, to communicate it, via their brain? It's measuring height. It is measuring yeah, height, but I don't know what the exact measurement is. to the shoulder. Yeah, you go from the hoof to the shoulder, the withers, if you will, on the horse, and a hand mm. is uh, four inches in measurement. That's a tiny-ass hand. Well, if you, you flip it this jockeys way. Jockeys are small you, people. You flip it that way. So it's not well, a vertical it's not hand, jockeys, it's a horizontal it's, hand? It's like cowboys and stuff, too. So your hand's probably a little bit bigger, but that's about four inches, and then you would stack your hands on top of each other. Huh, interesting. That's, I'll save the rest of my horse facts. We got horse movies coming horse up. Horse fact! All right, this is we're definitely not four inches, right? <laughs> Let's we'll get, we're going to get into the horniness. Let's that's a good that's a good way to bring it. And we back. segue right back into the 13th year. Uh, another news headline at the time, it was reported this week that the FBI in this year that violent and property crimes each dropped 7% from the previous couple of years, which was the largest annual drop since the beginning of a downward trend in 1992. We love crime dropping. Happy for them. Not it's couldn't crime, be today. It's crime up again. Yes, significantly. In any case, those are the two news headlines of the time. So, do you, are you do you feel in the moment? Do you are you are you experiencing it? Oh, Low crime trust rates. Me, I I'm in. Okay. Honestly, no, because the headline wasn't about Bill Clinton. I feel like the last like four have Can I had tell you? Bill Clinton related headlines. I, I, so I went on a deep dive, both of you, to try to find a more interesting headline than this. Because we have a failed triple crown run and <laughs> low crime rate, which both of which, like the only thing we've had more recently than a low crime rate is somebody who actually got a triple crown. And Bill Clinton was acquitted in February of 99. So close. Mm. So this is May that this we're was done with Bill so we're Clinton. done with this. He's still president. Guess I'll he, never. We're gonna we're gonna get the Bush the Bush like election recount stuff soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, the mm-hmm. hanging Chad. The hanging Chad. Hanging Chad. That'll that'll be next. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A hanging Chaz Starbuck, if you will. Oh, wow. Well done. Well, done. well hung done. Chaz Starbuck. <laughs> Just wow. <laughs> Everybody hates us. And with that brilliant lead in, (laughs) let's talk about the 13th year with the opening sequence, which I can only describe as the underwater intro footage from Jaws. If it was happy with very light lilting music, you follow a mer woman carrying what looks to be at first glance, a bundle of fishing net as she is being watched by a fisherman on a ship that is clearly in violation of so many OSHA regulations uh, with the clutter that results in the mer woman's child being left in a boat's net. Well, that's because a fisherman sees her and she's afraid that <coughs> the people will see her. <coughs> Max is dying. Did you get choked up at the, the mer woman leaving her child? He's emotional. Did it bring you to tears? It brought him to tears. He's weeping openly now. really nice. I've never seen him cry this much in my entire life. He's, wow, these are alligator tears. Aren't they're they massive. crocodile tears? No, 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 alligator here. You're an alligator tear. Got him. (laughs) (laughs) So. She abandons the baby. She abandons the baby. Human sees her and humans aren't allowed to know mer people exist, obviously. And so she's afraid that the mer or the human's going to come for her. So she hides her baby on another boat. Right. And then that boat drives away. <laughs> Here's one thing that I noticed about this scene. On the fisherman's boat, who we later learned to be Big John's boat. We know it's a sonar, not because it is a green 
Boop. 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 Sonar, because it, but because it says sonar tracking system 2000. Did you Google if that's a real thing? Because I did. Uh, I did not Google it, but I'm interested to hear your results. It's a real thing. Now, now it say locked it wouldn't, on? It wouldn't say locked on because that's not how <laughs> sonar works. Not at but, all. but fish sonar is a real thing. I, you know, which I mean, somebody oh. listening is going to be like, yeah, dumbass. Of course it I, is. But yeah, I, I didn't I know knew that. I didn't know. And so they I Googled and was like, do they have like, what does this look like on a boat? And I saw a, a device that looked very similar to this device. And, and, uh, but it wouldn't say locked on. Yeah. I that agree. feels very it's military Jaws that they have sonar and his boat was really shitty, but then he had this like really high tech sonar device that locks on to his fish targets. Mm-hmm. I guess, now, I mean, you invest in what's going to make you the money. Right? Now, here's, here's where I draw an issue. Not only because it says locked on, but the second bit is that he loses signal. He loses the lock on. Luke, what's happened to your targeting computer? You've turned it off, right? He loses the fish when she is from the torso up out of the water. All of a sudden, she's out of range. And I did a little bit of searching. Mm. If... The majority of her body is still below the water. It's still going to be picked up by that sonar. There's nothing stopping her from showing up. On the long list of implausibility, you know, with the top being mer people, the third one down being the sonar loses the lock on if half of her body is out of the water. She dumps her baby. She leaves to escape from the fishermen hunting her. And ultimately, we cut to... Uncle Joey and his hippie wife. I forgot Dave Coulier was in this movie, by the way. Did you? Was it a pleasant yeah. surprise? He was, he was underutilized. He was. I mean, I think he was one of the best parts of the movie. But I just, when I saw it pop up on the credits, I was like, oh, Dave Coulier. In that he could, he was one of the only people in this film who could act. We cut to David Coulier and his wife. Uh, who plays her? I have to check. No one's name will ever Lisa Ches Starbuck. Yeah, Ches Starbuck <laughs> is taking the cake. Liz, Lisa Stahl plays Sharon Griffin. Cuts to them on a boat discussing their future as they've recently moved to this locale. And they hear the baby crying. This, this feels like kidnapping. They ultimately kidnap the baby. Well, you do learn later that they like went to the police and they tried to do you know get rid of the baby and and figure out who lost the baby and such but they never could of course because the baby's mother is a mer person um but they accepted that baby really quickly yeah like, they're like they oh a baby can we keep him they they accepted that baby faster than most people would accept like a stray animal that mm-hmm. they find and i just found that interesting that she's like let's name him cody immediately and it's like it's quite a commitment him. for you to make because you found a baby on a boat and you just moved here and don't have don't have your your shit established but you there's you also know. a lot of issues that you know i understand this is a decom that's 90 minutes long but how does this kid get shots there's no record of his birth there's no like he doesn't even how exist as far as how the u.s government goes he doesn't have a social security number how does he enroll in anything like there are major issues with this with this immigrant coming into <laughs> into the country i mean i i am you know i'm i'm glad that we are able to bring folks from other regions but you know what does the immigration policy for atlantis to the united states look like i, <laughs> I can't imagine it's a seamless process god knows we make it hard enough for people that are right next to us so 
you know, I, I just am curious how, how he got enrolled in school. We know he does get enrolled. That's the main thing. Yes. What we know is that we get a, an immediate 13-year time jump. We do. Where we immediately see the now-grown Cody uh-huh. engaging in child labor, attempting to fix the Tiki 2 boat that is owned by his parents, Wit and Sharon. Which, you know, Tiki 2 implies that there was a Tiki 1. And... Based on how we've seen Dave Coulier treat Tiki 2, I'm guessing Tiki 1 sunk. But it's their business to charge people $5 to go out on the boat. Yeah, and that Pretty old cheap Karen's, tour, by the way. Ultimately, we find the boat's broken. The tour business is plagued by broken boats. The main conflict in this scene is how does Cody get to his swim meet? That's, that is the destination for him to be. We know this because it cuts between him dealing with the boat issue and the swim meet in question. And I don't know if you all noticed this, but that coach, I'm sure you did notice this. That coach is in a full suit, not a bathing suit, a suit suit, circa something where one would wear to coach a basketball game, not a swim meet. Not he's a- not on the swim team. I'm sorry. He's not going to, he's not swimming. He's I, the coach. I, I hear you. Why, why would he be, I think it would be very inappropriate for him to be in a bathing suit. Did you <laughs> swim? I wouldn't, I wouldn't take him seriously. My, my swim coach wore a polo and khaki shorts every swim meet. My swim coach wore a swimsuit and a shirt that could be taken off in case of a drowning child because it's a swim meet with children. I'm sorry. Can they only swim if they're wearing a swimsuit? Because I, I yes. feel like they could probably save a drowning child in khaki shorts at a yeah, polo. Well, I, I mean, know. listen, your argument holds water here. <laughs> Fucking nailed it. <laughs> Fucking got him. <laughs> your argument holds water here because what we do see is that Cody has to get to the swim meet. And the way that he does so is by missing a ferry and then out swimming the ferry across a large body of water. Wouldn't he be tired for the swim meet then? That's a warm up. I mean, his performance is quite good considering that he just ran all this way and swam to catch the ferry. I think the fact that he does as well as he does in the swim meet is quite impressive. It is established in this scene that Cody comes in second all the time to Sean, the antagonist, AKA child asshole. And there's one in every, every, every DCOM. DCOM. Sometimes it's the protagonist. Sean immediately says, I get gold. You get silver. That's how it always is. Maybe Cody's just late all the time. He's having to run to get there. His parents adoptive have bad boats. Perhaps he comes in second all the time because he is not well rested is already expended from his other physical exertion. And he just can't beat you, Sean. So don't be an asshole right now, man. I, agree with your premise and i did think that he did pretty well considering his uh expenditure of energy however i will say later in this movie sean's athletic ability is put on display and i think that he is a (laughs) world-class swimmer if i'm being honest so you know we'll get there but he is a young Michael Phelps is what you're saying. He is, I mean, he is quite good at swimming. And so well, I think that he probably just earns that gold, Alan. He puts in the work. He puts in the hours. He devours. Yeah. It's rock. about drive. Yeah. So ultimately the swimming ends. 
Sean comes in first, Cody comes in second, and the coach declares this is the best day of his coaching life because the team made it to state, everybody. Oh, yeah, they did. I also want to point out, though, that this is where we meet Max's first love, Sam. Courtney Draper. No last name, Sam. Yeah, just Sam. That's true. I teased a couple movies ago that I had a decom crush when Molly was talking about Eric Von Denton, and uh, this is it. Gordon Draper was my decom crush. I remember watching this movie and, and developing a, a wee crush on, on one Sam. Um, I, yeah, I, I was, and you know what? I, again, I now can look back and understand why I was affected that way by this film. Because again, I'll say this film is nothing but horny. And so, <laughs> yeah, for a 10-year-old to start to process those emotions, it, it took me over. So we meet Sam, end up going to state, and we have a scene where there's a celebration and we end up meeting uh, via a fall into the pool, this film's version of Gilbert. Falling into the pool with his sousaphone, um, Cody rescues him. I also made a note here of like, why the hell isn't the coach rescuing a child Falling into the pool. Because he's wearing a full suit. He has suit. a suit on. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Maltz. I, uh, I saw you, and uh, yeah, I, I, well done. Yeah. You and I on the same page. Yep. <laughs> I mean, maybe if he'd been wearing a bathing suit. I, <laughs> he had ripped his polo right off. Yeah. His moisture wick polo. You know right what? what? You're right. You're right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm no, it's sorry. the coach. The coach is around, right? I was like, I, for whatever reason, I was thinking this is post swim meet, and they aren't around. But I guess they are, and Cody's just the first one to jump in, right? He says he's like, the only one. He's like, somebody get that kid out of my pool. Is what? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like yeah, the coach yeah. actually acknowledges it and requests another child goes and rescues. Like Hon a honestly, not out of the question for my experience in high school. Like <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> I feel like now we didn't have a swimming pool, but I feel like often my band director would be like, you go deal with that. I'm not going to. <laughs> That's like the they teacher right off. enough right there. They're like, please, somebody just go do this thing for me. I just need some time. Yeah. Um, and this is when we end up meeting Jess, who quickly becomes, in my eyes, the hero of the movie. The best character in the film. I mean, I didn't have a crush on Jess, so I don't think he's my favorite <laughs> character of the movie. <laughs> You know, I I was pretty focused on one character when I watched this as a child. So you know, she's startlingly wow, she's startlingly not in it as often as I thought she would have been. Now she she's pretty. She, she doesn't have a lot of time in the film, but she had a big impact. Can I talk about Sam real quick? And Please coat, do. And <laughs> Max would love nothing more. And okay, Cody. for the record, as a 33-year-old man, not interested in young Courtney Draper. I'm right sorry. Now. Let me. Let me I'm sorry. 13-year-old Max would love nothing I more. I was 10. 10-year-old Max would love nothing more. She was an older woman. I was into it. I have a lot of problems with their relationship. I don't understand their relationship because in the scene right after the swim meet, she comes up and flirts with him, and uh -huh. he kind of flirts back a little bit, and then he's like oh, there's still time to catch Sean if you want. So it's clear that both of the uh, the gentlemen are vying for her affection. But she's mm -hmm. like, oh, are you trying to get rid of me? And like flirting back with him. So in my mind, I was like, okay, there's like a budding romance going on here. Like, no, Molly, I, I'm just going to say from a male perspective, um, I when I watch this and uh, Sean's like, you can go in my sweet sports car. It's a coupe. And she's like, I think I'm going to walk with Cody. And Cody's like, I don't know, it's a long walk. And Sam says, I like a walk. 
I wrote <laughs> Sam wants it. I don't think there's a budding anything. Sam wants it. But they they don't they don't act like a long-standing couple at all. They act like they're in the flirtation stages of their relationship. Sure. Then, then later she comes to his birthday party. They share a, a smooch. Uh, there's more and more parts of their relationship, but it all so far seems like a flirtation, like the beginning phases of a relationship. But then later she gets mad at him and she's like what have you been up to i thought you could tell me anything and then later he's like but i need you by my side for this and then all of a sudden they're acting like they've been in a long-standing multi-year relationship and i just couldn't keep up what was going on because then at, at one point she is with sean it's very confusing yeah molly it's not confusing i just need to remind you what being 13 was like because mm -hmm. I've recently revisited my Zanga uh, writings, and let me tell you, it took seven days for me to <laughs> want to tell a girl everything about my life and need her uh, in a very serious way. So this uh, actually is one of the most relatable parts of this movie to me, <laughs> is that they've never dated before, and you should be able to tell me everything about your life. Yeah, well, I mean, that this, feels real. This movie is an exploration of male pubescence. So, like, I, I think that, the, I mean, honestly, Max, the fact that we identify with that particular piece so strongly is because we're like, been through that, bro. Whoa. Yeah. They wind up back, the, the next couple of scenes that we get is back at junior high, Cody is king of the world, as he literally says, with a brilliant Titanic reference, because he came in second at the swim yeah. meet. He's the most popular kid in school. That makes yeah. no fucking sense to me. You came in second. Why isn't Sean in the most swimming. popular? Well, we know swimming to be the big draw of school. Of the Marlins. Like, I just they don't named get it. After, the school's named after fish. I guess that does add up. Yeah, but like... They probably, they probably prize the swimmers at a, in a school, in a fish-themed school. But regardless of who the school is named after, Cody came in second. Like, yeah, Sean he, should be the most popular. Nah, we don't like a winner here. But I, what I do like is a classic high school or junior high movie trope is the cool guy walks into school and talks to everybody scene. Oh, where yeah. He like walks in and he's like, hey, Daryl, how are you? Great game last night, Gretchen. Hey, up top. Can't wait for soccer practice later. And he talks to every single person as he walks through the high school. I love it. He also, this is where, uh, Molly, to your um, beverage of choice here, this is also where we first get him to say, I'm thirsty. I'm so thirsty. And I was like, you know, in 1999, I don't think you knew what that phrase was going to mean, but you're right, you are. That's, that's true. That's true of this whole movie, is that it's thirsty. Ultimately, we find that he goes into his science class. They're about to have a topic of marine biology. And ultimately, the, the crux of this scene is that he has to be paired with a partner. This partner is, to his dismay and my joy, Jess. Poor the Jess. previously established nerdy kid. And we'll find this throughout the rest of the film, but were both of you made incredibly uncomfortable by how self-aware Jess is? No. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think nerds know they're nerds. It just made me sad many times. <laughs> like, I just was sad a lot with he was like, on screen. Nobody talks to nerds. Nerds don't have friends. We have hobbies. And I was like, God damn it, Jess. That's, that's true. I mean, did, it, that's, did it hit that's a little? That's not wrong. Yes, that hit is, home. Is that why you were uncomfortable? Yes. Was, 
self-reflecting yes your own stuff in that moment huh yes Mm. (laughs) i thought that my ever-increasing octave of agreeance would have would have satisfied that yeah a little bit of insecurity happening here well i mean yeah anyway so so once again i'm just gonna ask this question god damn it oh no cody jess and sam who are we (laughs) i think we know who jess is well we know who jess is don't we hey gilbert how you doing over there all right first of all of the gilberts i'm the most happy with this gilbert you you like this gilbert over andrew the tech guy at xenon yeah this gilbert this gilbert knows what's happening not only does he know what's happening he fucking sends it he says it to anyone who will listen and i'm like you know what bro if you're gonna live it live it loud i do find just to be the most uh enjoyable of those characters but you know to molly's point he does just make you sad a lot so i don't know that i'm cody or sam i think i might be sean uh Mm, (laughs) that adds up actually yeah number one (laughs) (laughs) willing to do whatever it takes the shit you know yeah a picture of modesty Yeah, that adds up to me. Although I would have been nicer to Jess at the birthday party. Okay. <laughs> I felt so uncomfortable at the birthday party. Ultimately, I think the crux of this is that Jess and Cody are paired. There's an interaction where Jess sees Cody consume just an entire bathtub's worth of water from a water fountain in high school. And then is flippantly asked to uh, Cody's birthday party, where we get the aforementioned uncomfortable scene where Jess shows up, everybody makes fun of him. But let's let's rewind a bit. When we have the iconic meeting between Cody and Sam in the kitchen, as Cody goes to get a massive cup of water, Sam brings her birthday gift for a personal hand delivery. That to sounds Cody. sexy. What what else says love like me giving you a picture of me? I only want it if you hand bedazzle the frame. I did like all the shells on the teal frame. (laughs) Yeah, It was very nice. I only want the frame if you bedazzle it with a hot glue gun. It is a craft. You know what? He put it right by his bed, too. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Just just right there. It's handy. Next to that room right there. (laughs) (laughs) He's got it. He's got it handy. Molly's dead. (laughs) Molly is dead. He's got it. He's got it right on hand. (laughs) Yeah. I just wanted to talk about the mom making feet cake, but okay, let's get let's talk about that. No, I mean, listen. All you know is that she gives him that photo that definitely will be used later, and then she says, "You've got another gift." You don't have to open this one. Oh my God! Why'd you say she it like is that? Horny. She's horny. <laughs> this movie is horny. Here's what's interesting: is like Turning Red came out, and all these people were like, "This movie's unrealistic because no. teenage girls are not this horny." And it's like this. This movie is Turning Red. This it movie is. It is, is guy turning red. That's what this movie is. 100. percent Like I just think it's so funny that the critics are like, women, little. Like, 13-year-old girls aren't that horny. Yeah, we are. Like, yeah, we were. Have and you seen Sam, Sam from the 13th Sam case year? in point, because she's... I appreciate the hell out of Sam throughout this movie, because she goes for it. Yeah. And I like that. She wants it. What did I say earlier? 
I like a long walk. She wants it. This girl wants it. You Ugh. don't have to unwrap this present. You won't have to open this one. I don't like the sultry voice in both of my headphones. <laughs> That's how she says it. I, That's I, how she says it. I don't disagree. I didn't really like it when it was, I'm, as a 30 year old man, I was like, Ew. I was just trying to process this movie and I, it's a horny movie. We get a great nineties to, to your point, Molly, we get a great nineties mom diet fad. Yeah. I don't know about, uh, everyone else's parents, but I feel like the nineties were peak diet culture. So the mom giving out beet cake instead of regular cake was just like very on brand for a mom in the nineties. Because I remember my mom having like the snack wells, devil's food cake cookies that are like just chemicals and sugar but they were healthy somehow or like this is the era of slim fast and lean cuisines and just like horrible chemical diet food and i just have that cakey chalky diet food flavor like burned into my mouth brain you don't have a mouth brain i do like the mouth brain if you ate some diet food from the 90s, your brain wouldn't be like, yep, that's, yeah. I remember, I remember the devil's food snack wells. Very, I, I, I can imagine the taste and taste. With your mouth brain. In this moment. They had like a, like a, a kind of a, a shell that was harder than it should have been. <laughs> and then they got a little soft on the inside, but not as soft as it should have been. Yep. Considering it had like, I don't know, marshmallow or something in there. And uh, yeah, I remember them very deeply. 90s. I don't remember. I didn't have bee cake though. 90s diet mom culture. I feel like you could stem back a lot of my problems later in life to it. I mean, this entire birthday party is just a bunch of 90s tropes, right? And ultimately what it, what it comes to is he has reached his 13th birthday. He unwraps his gifts. The final gift he is given as the parents leave him in his bedroom for the night is the one that Jess, the prince has left with him after being made fun of it's so he, sad here's the thing if i'm going no that's actually not true i can't finish this sentence because i would have also left the gift because i'd have felt guilty for wrapping it a thousand percent you would have left the you gift you would have were you about to alan, say you alan was about to say gift? if i had gotten made fun of i would have not given him the gift and that's not true no i would have left the gift everyone here knows that you would have left the gift I, I, right right now a little behind the scenes secret alan is drinking water with oh Mio my in it. god y'all <laughs> this interaction was insane it okay all right yeah real quick aside here this interaction was ludicrous i hate everything because i use mio drops in water to drink. I actually have some uh, right here with me. Me too. Well, swig. Oh, trust me, Alan. I know. And when I visited Florida last, I purchased a bottle of the Mio Drops so that I could enjoy some yummy red water while I was there. These, th this bottle of drops cost what? A dollar ninety nine, maybe. And this <laughs> week, I received a text message that said, "Hey, man." Um, you know, you left this bottle of Mio at the house the last time you stayed here. I was curious if it would be okay if I tried some. I'll be happy to replace it for you the next time you get here. And I was like, bro. <laughs> it is a $2 bottle of Mio. Yeah, it's. I think it's fine if you go ahead and use some. Like, hello? <laughs> and I just said, this is the most Alan thing I've ever seen in my life. 
I was just trying to be nice. You're How would I know? <laughs> you, you know, I keep a hard inventory of my Mio when I'm at your home. I think to myself, now I left a half a bottle at this house six months ago, the last time unopened. I visited. I don't care. <laughs> You're just the nicest person. <laughs> so anyway. True. You definitely away. leave the gift. Uh, so, so Jess leaves the gift because Cody unwraps it in bed. That evening, not the only thing unwrapped in bed, and he—that's true. Yeah, real quick before you breeze past that, um, as his parents are leaving, he goes, "Can you close the door on the way out?" And and then we get a good look at Sam's picture. And I, I listen. I'm just gonna say we can edit this if we want, but I wrote um, that kid's got to masturbate. I mean, he's just he. <laughs> I and then a moment later we get a scene where he's in the bathroom discovering some of his scale powers and his mom's like hey you okay in there and I was like she thinks he's jerking in there too like this movie is about sex uh, <laughs> this is gonna be the weirdest episode we ever put out Molly what do you want to know about male puberty Let, let's uh I, I learned a lot and I'm a, I feel like I'm gonna learn more so prior to the shenanigans that Cody's involved in he, I wrote a note that Jess probably gave him a book on marine biology because they have made this big to do about Jess being a nerd right I think I was halfway right because it's Moby it's not Moby Dick it's uh what it's is 20, it? 20,000 20, leagues. leagues under the sea and it was like a really nice copy of it like it was mm -hmm. probably an like an old edition gift. yeah it was beautifully illustrated yeah it was great so jess is so nice this night is the first night we have cody uh having a a, a uh wet dream a wet dream yeah that's true yeah he's he has his lamp literally a wet dream yeah the, the, now yeah because he's underwater folks like get your head out of the gutter he's underwater and he is swimming without breathing and meets no get your head in the gutter this is all <laughs> this is all a metaphor for him having a literal wet dream that is that's a hundred percent what's happening here yeah yeah he's 13 he's got his picture of his girl next to him he's asking his parents to close the door on the way out he, he's uh. that is not that's not uh, uh, you like that's that is what happened. And, and then the next scene, he's all sticky. No, okay. Well, we were exactly missing a, we're missing a key part between the stickiness and him waking up. There is a part where he destroys his alarm clock via electricity. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. He electrocutes Listen, again, his alarm clock. It's all a metaphor, man. <laughs> I don't understand the electricity thing. Teenage rage. <laughs> Just is it? I'm so okay. hyped up. Do mermaids have electricity? Like no I shot. didn't understand the mermaid electricity okay. thing. Okay, uh, this I want to pause for a moment because this is when we start being introduced to mer powers. Okay, uh -huh. there, yeah. I want to keep a I want to keep a mer power tracker uh -huh. because there is a shitload of mer powers. Power one dreams seeing the future Sexy in the dreams. dreams no i mean yeah that's the <laughs> that's the dreams that's the allegory. that's not a mer power alan that's <laughs> I, I had a sexy dream last night i, I had Jesus sexy dreams right <laughs> so mer power dreams seeing the future good for you molly <laughs> should i tell you who was in it <laughs> was it a mermaid no <laughs> <laughs> 
don't, yeah, know, that, is, I don't know that I've had a sexy mermaid dream. I can't say that I have personally. I don't think I've had a sexy mermaid dream. No. What's yeah. happening? <laughs> I don't. We've lost. <laughs> the, the, the rails have been destroyed. The, electri- the electricity is fine when you're on land, but quite problematic in the water. I, Let yes, me say that. Yes. Quite problematic in the water. And we're going to get to that in a specific scene later. Oh, I agree. People should have died. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I that's, agree. <laughs> there's murder in this movie. Wait, we, I'm we pretty even, sure. Wait, 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 we wait, didn't wait. mention that when he kissed Sam, there was electricity. We did miss No, that was a spark. That was a Molly. spark. That was just I, I think it was sexy was mermaid power. Different, yeah. Different noise. I, different again, noise. it's all a metaphor. Okay, so mer power counter. <laughs> Somebody got bricked up in that moment. I'm just gonna. Say. I am dead. I, Jesus, take the wheel. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. this is oh, the moment y'all. people unsubscribe to this podcast. I hope not. Uh, I hope this the is exactly are what they showed up for. Yeah. When was your sexual awakening? <laughs> Tell us, listener, in your in your review. <laughs> At what age did you need your parents to close the door? <laughs> I'm going to say a number. You say higher or lower. <laughs> Tell us when to stop. I'm dead. Uh, uh, all right, I'm trying to get to the mer power counter. <laughs> yeah, one. Power one. Power. We're there. Prophetic dreams. Two, oh. electricity in the fingertips like a moray eel. Three, or an, an electric eel. Is that why? Yeah, an electric eel. They, they reference the electric they, eel. They reference the electric yeah. eel. Power number three. Well, I didn't even pick up on that. Just says <laughs> just in a says line. Yeah. I wasn't, I, I didn't connect that that's. Alan, Sean yeah. not listening to Jess is par for the course. <laughs> Agreed. Oops. Sean over I here. I think I was like. Seanette. So we have. I was too turned on. I wasn't paying attention. I was thinking about my friend, Mr. Eel. Do neither of you take your job as investigative journalist seriously? I got a whole notepad about all the sexy things in this movie. (laughs) It says, why is he sticky? That's that's the third power. He's sticky like Spider Man. Yeah, well, I can tell you why, Molly. I just don't know if you want me to say it or not. Oh, my God. So we. Emissions. (laughs) <laughs> i hate that that's the word you used well i mean I nope nope no, i'm gonna walk away from that one yeah <laughs> even i have a line let's close that door and immediately walk down the hallway sticky hands number three I, we, we've not been introduced to anything new just yet okay well, we get sticky hands because he goes and he chugs a carton of orange juice and then he goes to put it down and he can't because his hands are sticky correct and then they get just a very uncomfortable scene with the mom doing an interpretive dance with Cody, who's just trying to figure out his sticky hands. And then Dave Cooley being like, am I the only sane one? To which I say, yes, Dave. Yes, you are. I love Dave Cooley. And again, I'm going to say he was underutilized in this film. He's in like seven minutes total. And he's definitely the most well-known person in the movie. Agreed. But again, he's kind of the um, the... Debbie Reynolds of this film. But he's not used as He's not the narrator, though. Yeah, I agree. This is sort of a pivot away from what we've seen. Like, even the Barnabas or the Debbie Reynolds or the... the, the, He's not the exposition of the film in the way that most of the veteran actors and actresses in these DCOMs have been used. You know who I would say is the exposition is um, Big John, because he explains mermaids. 
Mm. That's the most like helpful exposition we get. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, either Big John or Jess. Jess is often the narrator of this movie. Yeah, I would say Jess. Jess is who I'd argue is the narrator. Jess does a better job of like. I can accept that. Jess moves the plot more. He's sort of an extension of Big John. I agree. Correct. Now, speaking of Jess moving the plot forward, we the next scene that we have is when Jess discovers Cody's plight. But this is a little bit more of like a real discovery because they're at a tide pool. Jess is examining the the mini ecosystems amongst the tide pools. There's a D&D joke. Yeah, True. this is when Jess says the line, because I wrote it down, and it was, that's how social outcasts spend their days. Nerds don't have friends. We have hobbies. You know, like marine biology, D&D. And I felt personally attacked in that moment. But I have friends and hobbies, right? You two are my friends. You do have friends and hobbies. This business sort of is founded on the idea that you have friends. When you say it like that, are you guys my friends? You're my friend that I committed to legally forever, so. Well, that also doesn't help when you say it like that. (laughs) Yeah, she's only here because of the certificate. Um, So moving on. (laughs) What? (laughs) I could have said no to your question of do you want to be my friend forever. Yeah. Could have said no. Could have opted out. All right. I said yes, and then we had, remember that party where I wore a white dress? I'm I was blind. there. Max was there. Mm-hmm. Closest mm-hmm. friends and family, all those we hold dear were there. Yeah, true, we, true, true. That was a day that, that we, occurred. We ate cake. We did, and it was not beef. Now, cake. hold on, though. I do want to call out. I don't think you had played D&D at this point. That's true. So Correct. I think maybe, you know, you were ruined late in life. As somebody that was playing D&D when I was 10 years old, I can say... Um, I had a lot of friends, so, you know. Oh, good for you, played other nerd stuff, though. Magic the Gathering, probably. Yeah, I did do that. Pokemon. I did do that. So, but I mean, I I can't exempt myself from the nerd question. I I remade the Fellowship of the Ring with two of my friends and her dad's camcorder when I was 13. So you had friends. So I had friends friends and was a nerd. Yeah. I played multiple roles, including Frodo. and And the horse. And a horse and Saruman. Mm. Mm-hmm. A role not unlike Sean. So we are now having this, this sort of interaction in the tide pool. Cody reaches into the water, pulls his hand out, and goes for like a handshake situation with Jess. And in that time, turns the hand over, and the hands have scales, everybody! No! Why would a mermaid have scales on their hands? It's all creepy. They don't even look like scales, really. It looks like a fungal infection. It Yeah, it looks a little bit like he's been sort of pockmarked like this looks like i have a i personally have like a chicken pox scar it looks like that but just like if it's been swollen and made made larger and this is when jess discovers and to to this point is the only person that knows cody's like issues like he is he is turning into a merboy cody is like i don't know what the hell to do jess goes i will help you we'll do some experiments and tests and over the next couple of scenes we get this sort of interplay where cody is trying to hide that he's a mer person but also tell people that he's going through changes but also drinking every bit of water in the school at once it's like this very interesting interplay it's not necessarily a montage but the way the scenes are cut and how it's interplayed it feels montage-esque i gave it a montage moment i like a there's always a montage in these in this one in this instance we just get a lot of a lot of cody like dealing with the fact that he's got that that he's effectively becoming a a mer person and it culminates in this at home temperature reading of Cody saying like guys mom dad 
Dave Coulier and mom. There's something wrong with them. Yeah, this is where we learn that Cody's mom's an anti-vaxxer. That's true. But can, I, can we put a pin in that? At some point, I believe Jess invites Cody to hang out with him. Yeah, the big he John. Inv- he invites him to come over and have s'mores. And the kids act like they're too fucking cool for s'mores. Nobody's cool for s'mores. Get out of here. We love s'mores. No one is too cool for s'mores. I'm not going to fight you on that. S'mores are delicious. I just, I wrote it in all caps. No one is too cool for s'mores. This is where Sean and I differ, because if you offer me a s'more, I am down anytime, anywhere. We also get in this scene, now that you bring this back up, it's all coming back to me now. Big John is hella creepy. Oh, yeah. That's true. He's got some good mood whiting, and he asks Cody things like, your parents run the tour boat. Have they ever seen anything abnormal? Can I just pause for a minute? Max, what anything a spot on Big John out there? Your parents ever seen anything strange on them waters? Something like mermaids? <laughs> that, that, for those of you listening who have not had your eyes be graced by the beauty of the 13th year, that is how that scene plays out. <laughs> yeah. Almost verbatim. Yeah, they go to, to Big John's scrapyard. Because Jess is Big John's kid. I don't think we blatantly said that. Big John is, is Jess's dad. I have a question. Is yeah. this a single parent counter? I think so. I wrote it down. Single parent count. Well, actually, we get we get two single parent counts in this. Like two two oh, qualifiers. The, mer- the, the mermaid. mermaid. The mermom is also sure a mermom. Parent. Well, I mean, I guess my my question about that is how diligent are we with the single parent count? Does it have to be established they're definitely single parents? Because it could be that Jess has a mom. She's just off screen. I'm just going to go ahead and assume no woman is sticking around Big John with all his mermaid nonsense. He's pretty obsessed with a mermaid. So maybe he, you know, he uh, he became totally fascinated by another woman in the yeah. sea. I think it counts. I, I personally think it counts. Okay. Single parent count up one. You know what's interesting? I was watching Big John and I was like, where is this guy from? And then it hit me for my Parks and Rec fans. He's JJ, as in the owner of JJ's Diner where Leslie and the gang go to get waffles and breakfast food all the time. So mm. if you also didn't know where where he was from, um, the actor's name is Brent Briscoe, and he's JJ in Parks and Rec, which, as I just mentioned, um, stars Amy Poehler as Leslie Nope, uh-huh. who you may know was in a film all called right, hold Blades on. of... I just got to pour some wine while we do this fucking... <laughs> you, you may know she was in a, a little film called Blades of Glory. Oh, yeah, with, with... Will Ferrell. With uh, William Fitchner, he was a he was a supporting role in that film. William Fitchner uh-huh. was in Armageddon. Did y'all know that William oh, Fitchner? God damn. Do you want more wine too? You're probably gonna be part of the He was, he was in Armageddon connection. alongside Bruce Willis. Now uh-huh. Bruce Willis was in a lot of things. Um, sure. But one of my favorite small Bruce Willis roles is when he cameoed on Friends. You guys remember when he uh, cameoed on Friends as? Uh, yeah. He dated Rachel. He you know. Did. You know who else cameoed on Friends? Who's that? John Stamos. Uh-huh. John Stamos cameoed as a, <laughs> one of Chandler's colleagues that they were looking at as maybe being a sperm donor. And you know yeah. what John you know what John Stamos is famous for? Um is, Full House. Is, is Full it Full House? House? It is Full House, Alan. And who did John Stamos play alongside in Full House? Bill Saget. Bob Saget. Bob Saget. Bill, Sa- Bill. Bill Saget. Hey, good old Bob, Billy Saget. Bob, Bob old, Saget. Old William he- Saget. <laughs> Bob Saget, may he rest in peace. But who was the third of those three main male characters? It was Dave Coulier. It was Dave Coulier. You've been Armageddoned.
The part of the show where Molly, by no one's urging, has found yet another way this decom can be tied to the smash hit Armageddon. Don't tell her to stop because she won't. We hope that you love it as much as we do. I hope okay. you love it as much as I do because these two don't love it. Can we let's, get to Cody's mom being an anti-vaxxer? Cody's, yeah, mom's let's an get to Cody's mom being an anti-vaxxer. So Cody uh, says to his parents, you know, these things are happening to me. I need to meet my other parents. So this is the moment where we, where we find out that he knows he's adopted up until this point. That's a little unclear to us. Like, have they just raised him basically telling him that he is their birth son? No, he knows he has other parents. He asks to meet them. Something is going on and that he has, you know, these scales and stuff. And there you go back and forth on, you know, whether they should call a doctor. Don't say the D word. Mom pops off. She doesn't want she's a natural medicine woman, organic DNA only. And I'm just going to assume that she, you know, would be an anti-vaxxer. Yeah, she specifically says doctors are wax with stethoscopes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That adds up. Max, I know you mentioned scales. He mentions he has a scale like rash. So in this yeah. instance, he's, he's not actually come out and said, I have scales. The kicker that I think is hilarious for me is that the mom and Dave Coulier are only convinced that Cody needs a doctor when they walk in on him, literally pulling a spider fish on the ceiling. That's yeah. True. He has climbed up the ceiling and is hanging from the ceiling. Call the doctor. Call the doctor. I love how Cody's line is, I think it got worse. I think it got better. You can climb I'm on the ceiling. Agreed. Now. I agree to disagree. I would be doing yeah. some shit if this I This is climb better. On yeah, for sure. So the doctor is a superhero. Is this another sexy allegory for the phrase climbing the walls? Yeah, so I think that all of this like oh. there is an an uncontrolled energy. You know, where you're sort of bouncing pent off up. the walls, pent up, you know, hormonal. Yeah. In the same way that uh, that we see uh, a, a massive red panda in turning red. This you're is right. our, this is our, boy our manifestation red. of um, male sexuality. Yeah. I just want to go on a short rant, if I could, that I don't remember this movie getting any backlash. I remember this movie. This movie. But I remember people really liking this movie. I have a lot of friends that this was their favorite decom, and there was no backlash about this because I assume it was about males being sure. horny. But the fact that they portrayed a teenage girl as horny was like offensive. Well, so. I mean, let's let's be really clear. Number one, yes, this is a male. But number two, you're talking about a difference in audience size between people that watched a Disney Channel original movie versus a full pixar release i think maybe one got more viewers than the other i'm also just saying how many movies do we have about dudes jerking it and nobody bats an eye but in, i don't disagree with in you turning red it doesn't she draws help a, pic a picture of her kissing a boy and it's like they say the word tampon and like the world's ending doesn't help that she's a, a minority either. I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's, of course, he's a white dude. He's allowed to jerk it. This is the way. It's just I'm, boys being boys, putting their girlfriend's <laughs> picture by their bed. I'm just well, saying. locker room talk. I mean, literally. Turning Red. They put him in is, a locker room at one point. Turning Red is the shit. It's a great I'm, movie. I'm just, I'm just bitter that people bombed it because they don't understand that women have periods and that minorities exist. True. Anyway, that's a topic for another podcast. Let's continue. 
I will just say that I think we skipped over really quick, but it's fine. I don't need to say a lot of it. We do see Cody go on a date with Sam. He says something like he hasn't been feeling well. He sort of like alludes to what's going on with him, to which she says, do you think you're contagious? And when he says no, she just says, good. And then like reaches across to hold his hand. And listen, it, it is at this point that I will just say, and I wrote for myself, it's no wonder I felt some kind of way. <laughs> you know, like it is, it is of no surprise to me now looking back that I felt some kind of way watching this movie and seeing Courtney Draper because I don't think on any Disney Channel movie ever I have seen um, a girl who is wanting it and that there's such a sexual tension throughout the entire film. It is not surprising to me that I walk away from being, from this being like, I think I have a little crush on her. That's, uh, that is the least shocking thing to me in the world, actually. Listen, she did her job. She certainly portrayed the, she portrayed a love interest very well in this film. Let's, let's give kudos to Courtney Draper for doing what she was asked to do, and that's playing a love interest. Well, they'd bring well. her back later. She'd be heavily featured on the jersey, so... Mm. And stepsister from Planet Weird. Also Can't wait. Th- Welcome to the community theater, Courtney Draper. That's true. You know what? Uh, Chaz Starbuck, no more community theater for you. No, he's in the adult film industry community. <laughs> okay, we can't say that. That would be a little defamatory. It's, it's we don't a know different that about, community, Max. We don't know that about Chaz Starbuck. A couple of things happen. Feel free to jump in on either of these. One, ultimately the doctor comes, diagnoses Cody with puberty. And then item two is Cody immediately goes to Jess and is like, hey, I've been diagnosed with puberty. I didn't realize puberty resulted in scales and fins and big John, Jess's dad, overhearing everything. I think this is sort of the second montage-esque moment we get in this film. Cody and Jess enter into an agreement where... Jess promises to test Cody's condition to try to discover what's happening because neither of them believe it's puberty. And in return, Cody promises to teach Jess how to swim. Yeah, and my favorite part of the montage is when he realizes he can talk to fish. He does tell a fish to jump. and it You jumps jump! Into, he, <laughs> he convinces a fish to kill himself. 100%. He tells a fish to jump and it jumps out of the water. Yeah, it's concerning. Uh, as a part of the montage, we get Jess timing Cody swimming, Cody commanding a fish to jump from water, the extraction of a scale from Cody that Jess performs a, a little bit of a scale extraction, which is just all kinds of gross. It results in Jess and Big John having a connection moment. They're yes. in Big John's shed, and Jess is reading all of the compiled notes that Big John has on mermaids. Okay, two things about this scene. Number one is Big John shares a photo of a mermaid from a, what was it, like a Swedish doctor who he describes as a wacko for believing it's actually a mermaid. (laughs) Big John, your entire character is developed around the idea that you believe in mermaids. Why is this guy a wacko? Also, number two, (laughs) we then get the explanation that the biological theory suggests that people can exist on land for exactly 13 years where they develop as humans until they then begin to develop their mer powers. 
where does this biological theory of a mythical creature come from? I would like to know. He read it in the script. That is quite literally what I wrote. Where does this come from? Uh, the script said it. That's right. The script said it. This is where Big John is our narrator, is our exposition, because now Jess is like, ding, 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 this boy's a mermaid. Yeah, and then it's up to Jess. So so I think one sort of side moment that comes out of this that is literally never capitalized on is Jess and Big John establish a relationship there. That's when they start to like identify with one another, and that's literally never touched on again throughout the rest of the film that's never built on. I don't think that I got to read that they didn't have a relationship. Oh, I, I, I think that it was just like a weird dad, weird kid, you know, <laughs> but they're not the, they're not the main like characters of the story. So I just didn't read into it very much. I read into it. Like Jess is a little embarrassed of his dad. Cause his dad's like a wackadoo. Sure. Believing in mermaids. And like, I can't tell if he doesn't have a job or not. Like it feels like, all he does all day is go look for mermaids and like pour over this mermaid information. And it's like, let it go, man. Yeah. There's a lot of that. Uh, the second tidbit of this is that Jess immediately tries to convince Cody that he's a mermaid. Like he, and the way he does it is like, Hey, take a look at your scale versus a fish scale. They're identical. By the way, bro, you're a fish. Also, I think you're a mermaid. I'm sorry, bro. You're a merman. And Cody's like, nah, mermaids aren't real. Mermen aren't real. Mermaids and the little mermaid couldn't do this. Sparks, static electricity. And this is when we get Jess's eel comment. Where he's like, eels do that shit. You could also like eel, mermaid power number three. You could be also an eel. <laughs> and where uh, Cody is at this point, like does not believe a word of it. Doesn't want to hear from Jess. Jess is like, listen, bro, I get it. You could get a second opinion. And we cut to Cody at home with mom and dad, Dave Coulier and mom and they're trying to have this heart to heart conversation where cody is like the doctor's wrong it's not just puberty it can't be real and mom and dad are like cody you don't know what you're talking about everything's fine everybody goes through these changes it's gonna be okay so they're cody, lying to him yeah 100 percent. and cody's like listen fam i get puberty and all but like a deep voice is one thing i got fucking scales and he goes to the water pours it on his arm and he's straight up got like these beautiful like fluorescent scales that he's got here. There's these nice reflections and they're like, oh shit, it's real. Literally never touch the water again. We found you on a boat. Like they, yeah. this is when they finally admit like you're not adopted like a logistically normal, logistically legal way. We found you on our boat. It's inexplicable. Doesn't he have another wet dream now? No, this well he, this is- He goes swimming. He goes swimming. This is right after he tries fish food, though, um, oh. which is just a very fast scene. But probably my favorite scene in the whole movie is when he eats his fish's pellet food. Um, but then he actually he goes swimming and he can kick and twirl. He and flails leap. in that water like he that leaps out of the water. You would think if they were trying to convey that he was a mermaid, they would want to show him being like graceful. <laughs> he just flails well, I mean, he's in learning. the water he, he's learning it's about almost yeah it's almost he's like a competitive a, swimmer he he's he's not learned how to be a merman <laughs> okay he's learning how to be a merman i tend to agree right while i'm playing devil's advocate i tend to agree i do want to draw attention to one thing let's talk about mermom mermom um, she's there she watches there. watches there, the whole thing there was only one 
shot of Mermom that they could get on camera, and they just use it over and over. Mm-hmm. And, and it's over her again. coming out of the water. They had this actress for half a day. Mm-hmm. It is grainy, 20 FPS. They not went to Wiki Wachi. They got one girl <laughs> they got one for shot one day. Of her kind of half coming out of the water and yeah. staring dramatically. And that's every shot of the Mermom. They've like, they're like, well, she, I guess she doesn't speak because yeah. we don't have enough footage. We don't have that in the budget. Every scene where they introduce her, where she, like almost every scene where, where she's introduced is her coming out of the water in the same way, perching and just dead eye staring and, at and you. He, and here's what's interesting is this scene presumably takes place in the evening time, but she's in the daytime. But more importantly, evening time is when sharks feed. No, no, no. This is a different swim scene, now, uh, Molly, because this is the scene where he tries out his swimming powers and then he sits on the beach sitting and looking. Oh, my gosh. I'm and sorry. And is approached by Sam. Okay, I'm sorry. Who wants to sit and look with him. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, she it's does. interesting that I don't know what's happening because I wrote the note. For a movie about a boy becoming a merman, it's really fucking boring. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm sorry I got confused between which shitty ocean scene we were talking about. There are many scenes. Well, I mean, I understand why you got confused when it's the same footage of the mom in all of the scenes. Yeah. And there are multiple scenes where he goes swimming from the same beach. It's just that this one ends with him talking to his lover where he's rude to her. After he says, I'm just sitting and looking. And, and then she sits down with him and is like, well, this is great doing wanna nothing. Bang. You want to go for a swim? And he was like, no, I just need to be alone. Well, he does have tentacle arms or like scaly fish fin, fin arms. arms. Yeah, yeah, he, he does, has he fin arms. Fin that he has dug into the sand <laughs> as to hide them. Much in the same way, I might suggest that a guy might go out of his way to hide a boner. So yeah. this is a similar metaphorical sense to a guy having to hide that he's bricked up to a girl that he's excited about. So he has to just dig his hands into the sand, much like a guy might put them in his pocket to hide a very obvious sign of him going through some changes. Are you calling this the upper tuck of sand? Mm, I'm I uh, the upper tuck is good, uh, but <laughs> but any guy would know you also might just put the hands in the pocket to adjust things around uh, if the upper tuck is not available. So as to as to sort of distract from whatever yeah. is occurring. You can just... sort of hold the pants out a little bit as to not have a clear sign. Max, we're giving away secrets, my guy. We're giving away the secrets. <laughs> it's the pleats in the pants. Yeah. The pleats in the pants. Uh, he turns Sam away. And I think that's the main... He is rude to the Sam. Of this. He's rude he is to rude to Sam. To which she says, you've been a real case lately. That's is my point. Are they together or not? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, well, in any case, so 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 Sam has turned away, and we get to the state final swim meet. Really, which is is, by the way, I just want to pause for a moment. We've talked a lot in this film about a lot of stuff that has happened, but this movie is an hour and twenty nine minutes long. At this stage, the state final swim meet, we are at an hour and eleven minutes in. Yeah. I know this because I paused the movie. 
because I was like, there has been heretofore no overt conflict. Yeah, I don't think there's, I mean, the conflict is just a slow that he's changing, right? There, I agree, there is no climax of this film. It is so boring. It, it literally, we're an hour and 11 minutes in, we're at the state finals. Everybody, Jess, mom and dad, which is everybody, which is three people, have told Sean. Cody. Oh, no, I thought you were uh, saying we're uh, at the swimmy. Yeah, have Go. told Cody not to swim. Because yeah. his encounters with water resulted in him becoming a fucking merman. Very it's, reasonably, by the way. They're all, it's, not, it's not like we don't want you to become a thing. It's like, hey, if you get discovered, people will do scientific experiments on you. You will be made into a show. Yeah, J- Jess gives a Jerry Springer line. This is the second decommon dimension Jerry Springer, by the way, if you want to know how popular that was at the time. You know, they're... They're 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 not totally concerned about like this is going to happen to your body. They're concerned about like what people will do and how they will treat you for yep. his well being. If you you are in danger if people find out. Exactly. Good friends, good parents. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. Completely reasonable. To which Cody spits in their face because yeah. he's got enough spit because he's had the entire ocean in this film of water. And is like, mom, dad, it's fine. I'm going to say it. Very Brink-esque, right? Yeah, Very Brink-esque. Yeah, he fakes sick. I he love saw Brink. Brink. I love yeah, he it. saw Brink. He watched Brink and he thought, he I like Brink. that guy. And goes to the swim meet. Also running. Also late. Also causing physical exertion before he gets there. But this time, folks, when he appears at the swim meet, he does not take second well that's because his coach gives a really motivational advice right before he takes off tell me to which is his coach says winners don't lose (laughs) and that was inspiring to me i i i liked that because he's that's a skate better if i've ever heard one yeah that's the skate better of the 13th year much like katie from brink this is this is the words that i needed yeah it's Uh, rousing but, but and, he does and win. I'm sorry. Yeah, he does win. But this, I'm going to bring it back because earlier, Alan, you doubted the performance abilities of Sean. And I want to call out that in this scene, Sean races against a literal fish and <laughs> almost wins. Like yeah, it's, it's he holds, he, it's a neck and neck when Sean is racing a merman and he almost beats him. So Sean is a, I mean, national level athlete, I think. Like, he's <laughs> got to be, Phelps. he's Michael fucking Phelps. Yeah. <laughs> he is He is Hawkeye keeping up with Captain America. A hundred percent. I get it in this instance. I also want us all to acknowledge that this merman ran to the swim meet. There was physical exertion beforehand. I'm not I'm not discounting Sean. Sean might be an asshole. I think we can all agree that. But I'm just saying that Michael Phelps raced a shark and it wasn't close. The, the shark, shark crushed. <laughs> okay, first of all, Cody's not a shark. Cody's a merman. I'm just I'm saying. Like, what kind of fish would a merman be? I guess is the question. Not a shark. Well, so, Joey, Joey, Uncle Joey would say dolphin boy. So yeah. So, so this, is, this is when we get to the murder. I want to pause here. Because this, this, oh, wow. That's my dolphin. It's very good dolphin. Thank you. Can we talk about how he hides from Sean on the ceiling? No, we got to talk, about, gotta the talk about the murder, murder first. first. <laughs> we have to talk about the murder. So Cody wins. He sets a new state record at this level. 
He, only by two seconds, only, by the way. Yeah, it's not, he doesn't no. win by that he, much. He should be fucking crushing. Here's he deal. should be crushing. He has fins, for God's sake. Like, I want him to be Katie Ledecky level fast. Do you remember behind the scenes friendship moment when we were at the ESPN club watching Rip. Olympic swimming? And we, you know, that big screen that used to be there that was like three screens in one? Katie yeah. Ledecky was so far ahead of everybody else that she was on the far right screen and everybody else was still on the far left. She was a whole screen. length of the pool ahead. Like, and, and when they finished, my lifelong dream of starting a USA chant came true because the whole bar was fucking amazed at how fast she was. Yeah. That. That's what it should have been. That's what it should have been. He beat the team. He beat the other racers by literally two seconds, which is a long time. Don't get me wrong, but it's not that far ahead. It's not Katie Not when you have literal fins growing out of your hand. Not when you literally have fins growing out of your, your arm. Cody wins, and he pumps his hands out of the water, and we get the super creepy child stalker moment with Big John with his binoculars that he carries with him everywhere. And is looking at Cody with his fins out of the water. And Cody recognizing something crazy's happening. Can I point out that his hands are out of the water for a really long time and nobody else notices? By the way, the first time his hands come out of the water, there aren't fins on those arms. That's true. (laughs) It is. They, the first time they show him pump those fists is from behind him. And there's no fins on the arms from the behind (laughs) shot. I'll tell you that. That's funny. We love consistency. So he pumps hands out of the water. Only two people know uh, to, to to, to date. And that is. Big John and Sean, which oh yeah, Sean looks right next to him and is like the fuck man. Cody, having some level of awareness which he has lacked thus far in this film, sees it, turns around and slaps his eel hands and uses the power number three eel power to electrocute everything. And I think we all know what I'm about to say next. Water is an incredible conductor of electricity. Everyone in that pool should be dead. Every every kid in that pool should be dead. This is a mass murder in this movie. <laughs> they every are, child in that pool should be dead. They, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> they are unharmed. Unharmed. It's it's enough electricity to explode a scoreboard. Every kid in that pool should be absolutely roasted. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. A thousand percent. Yes. It should be Accurate. a pool full of floating bodies. I mean, it should be a horror show in this pool. <laughs> it would be a pool full of floating bodies and Cody is just like the obvious culprit as he's the only one alive. Yeah. What happened? You know, like with his fin arms. <laughs> this movie should end with him being arrested for murdering children. <laughs> he goes to juvie. <laughs> Oh, he's I, definitely getting tried as an adult if he saying, murders like multiple kids. Uh, so, but, but that's not what happens. What happens kid, yeah. is Sean chases... He runs away into the locker room. Sean chases him and, fi- and doesn't find him because he's stuck to the ceiling. Spiderfish again. So Sean goes away. Cody runs out. 
is picked up by mom and dad. Mom and dad are like, something you want to tell us? And which is, what a stupid fucking line. Of course he was swimming. You see him in his swimsuit and his jacket. You knew he was swimming. Dumb question. Taking him back home. Jess shows up. They have a long conversation about like, do you think people noticed? I think definitely some people noticed because you just broke a state record then ran out after the world exploded. Oh no, what happened? Sam shows up. We find out Sam is a fainter because Sam sees... Cody's arms that are fins. Sam Excellent can- acting here, by the Brilliant way. We have acting. a we have a fantastic faint on camera here. It's mm. the classic <sighs> hand on the forehead, eyes roll back, faint. Sam realizes that she can't handle this and exits. A totally reasonable reaction, by the way. Like you just they- walked into the guy you liked, covered in scales and fins. But of course, but again. The reaction, the, I need you to help me get through this. Like, bitch, were you dating at the beginning of the movie? I don't remember. Well, this is what I thought. So I thought her reaction to him is totally reasonable. She faints. She's like, this is too much. But she, at one point in this says, you expect me to believe this. And it's like, yeah, girl. It, you're looking at it. Look like at it, it what do you mean? Do I expect you to believe it? He's covered in scales and fins. It feels pretty believable in this moment. Like touch it. Yeah. Touch but it. Anyway, she runs out saying this is too much. I can handle this. I think that's a very reasonable reaction for somebody. Um, but then we, uh, you know, now Cody has lost everything. He Correct. can't swim anymore. He's lost the girl that he likes. He was seen by the public eye. It's all bad. He gets to school. He has a conflict with Sean because Sean thinks he's taking steroids. The team thinks he cheated. He didn't actually earn his state record. Yeah. Right. And what it, what it eventually comes to is Cody needs a moment. He has two moments. One with Jess on the beach where they hug and another where he invites Sam to the beach to be with him. Oh, he sees his mom first. Oh, you're right. Can I, can I say something about the hug with Jess on the beach. I feel like this film was horny for everyone. Oh yeah. And and I felt like that scene was very homoerotic. Mm. And it's not surprising that actually just this past weekend we were at brunch with a bunch of friends and we were talking about uh decoms and which decom was your sexual awakening. And every single one of my gay friends said the thirteenth year. Mm. So I watched this movie with that lens a little bit and I got it. I understood yeah. why they might think that. But most of the ladies at the table said Brink or Smart House because a lot of Eric Von Den and a lot of Ryan Merriman fans at the table. But every mm. single guy said the 13th year. Yeah, I mean, I, th- like I said, this movie's horny. It just is. And For if every, you're coming from... Anyone and if everyone. You're, yeah, well, I think specifically it is horny from the male perspective. I, I don't think it is targeted. I agree. Like it, it, it's mostly targeted according to Draper, but I do think that like throughout this whole movie, it is, I'm not lying when I, when I say, I think this is mostly an allegory for, uh, teenage puberty for the changes you go through. It's very sexual to me now looking back on it. You know, there's a lot of stuff like as you start going through that journey. And so I think, as I look back at myself watching this as a 10 year old, not totally understanding what I was going through. It's not surprising. I walk away with a massive crush on Courtney Draver because it's just, it's just, that's what the movie's about is like 
teenage hormones and specifically a guy going through it. So it's not surprising to me that a lot of guys, regardless of their sexuality, found that sexuality through this movie. That's what it's about. I think ultimately what ends up occurring, right, is that you have Cody meet his mom through a series of sort of swimming montages. And he wants to share that moment with... They touch hands. They do touch hands. It's a, I'm going to touch your hand too, Max. Right? Yeah, he and mom touch hands. Is he this hands. when he's swimming at night? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because you know what happens at night? This is when sharks feed. Uh-huh. And uh, the whole time they were swimming at night, I thought, please let a shark come up. Mm. And... More, more importantly, please let a shark eat him and mm. end this movie because mm. I am so bored. <laughs> Imagine like, he murders every kid in that pool and then he goes to run away to his mom and gets eaten by a shark and that's how this movie ends. That would be a better movie. <laughs> uh, wow, it would certainly be very exciting. This at the is end. a Stephen King novel. Like, it takes 70 minutes to get there and then every kid in the movie dies. <laughs> I'm just saying this movie is boring. I don't disagree with you. It's, <sighs> it doesn't... It just doesn't, it's not built like a normal story. There's not a moment. There's not, there is, there's like rising tension, but you don't get any time. I mean, I guess the state final is the climax, but it's so late in the movie that you don't have any time for resolution. Like Every, there's no, that the movie doesn't make sense in, in terms of how it's organized. Everybody just accepts that he's a mermaid immediately. Like hundred percent. The minute Jess has the plot explained to him by his dad. He's like, hey, Cody, you're a mermaid. And they're like, okay. And then he's like, hey, mom, dad, I think I'm a mermaid. And they're like, okay. Like, there's no tension. There's no conflict at all in this entire movie. But they try to make it happen. And here's how they try to make it happen. Cody walks into the water with Sam to meet the mermom. They meet. Sam is like, is that your mom? Cody says, yeah. That's my mom. And then Cody's legs start to hurt because he's turning into a full-fledged merboy. Finally getting his tail fins. Yeah, he is. But yeah, I like is. that. His I balls like, are dropping. I, <laughs> I guess that is what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, by the way, a genuinely uncomfortable experience. Wouldn't know. Uh, I, I guess that is the allegory there, but I did like that he had, I assume for like stunt reasons and safety reasons, I liked that initially he didn't have one Murfin, he had Murfeet, and he That's had right. like a split tail where both one was just like a flipper. Well, they got his scuba flippers, and they were like, "How do we put scales on this?" And they then spray the, painted the prop, Yeah, the, yeah. It's, a, it's a prop team. Um, so his feet turn into fins. Fin, his foot, left foot turns into fin, and Sam's like, "What's happening?" And Cody says, "Go get my parents." And we're like, "Awesome, we're gonna get some resolution. The parents are gonna be accepting." Untrue. What happens is they bag the fish. They bag the fish, circa Fantasmic, on Steamboat <laughs> Willie's ship as they're moving around for fireworks about to blow off. And we wind up on Big John's boat. Big John using Cody as bait to capture the mermaid. I I wrote is is JJ Big John gonna hunt cody like it's the most dangerous game y'all remember that short story from yes. from childhood like that's all i could think was that he was gonna like hunt him like it's like i'm gonna take you out in the ocean and let you go you got 30 minutes and then i'm coming after you you got a head start but i'm coming after you boy like what the fuck is happening i mean the reality is big john is using cody to try to bait cody's mom mer mom into a trap 
and it works. It's yep. it's true. It, it works because we see that same scene six times right now. They just the keep Mermon showing her coming yeah. out of water and then swimming a little bit towards the boat and then coming out of water. Same yeah. shot. Ultimately, Mermom is captured. And we get, the, we, there's, there's a very, th- by the way, I actually timed this. This entire next sequence of events happens over 90 seconds. Mermom is captured. Jess jumps into the water because Cody can't get into the water and Jess cannot tip Cody into the water, which I have a problem with, but that's neither here nor there. Jess jumps in the water, has a moment of revelation. I can swim. Dives into the water with a knife, cuts Mermom free. It's very tense. And I find it very hard to believe that JJ could have caught the mom. Like, he drops oh, the net exactly where she is. It's a five-foot circumference net. It's not going to happen. But Jess gets caught in, in the, the net. net. Yeah. Horrible. And is dragged through a series of mishaps beneath the water. Ultimately mm-hmm. saved by Cody, though, who, although he couldn't get off the boat to help his mom, suddenly is now off the boat. JJ jumped into the water to try to save his kid, but instead just floundered at the top, yelling, Where are you, Jess? Where are you? Clearly, Jess, underwater, not able to answer. <laughs> this movie's <laughs> so ridiculous. Shocked he's not responding, since we know he's <laughs> 10 feet beneath <laughs> the surface <laughs> of the water. <laughs> Where are you, Jess? Where are you? <laughs> Cody, however, able to roll himself into the sea, saves Jess, pulls Jess out of the water. All of the characters in this film who we give a shit about except the coach are here right <laughs> now. We have mom. We have dad. We have Sam. We have JG. We have Jess. We have Cody. We have Mermom. And we have, I think that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's, but, it. that's everyone. But very quickly... Do we forget the fact that JJ just tried to murder Mermom and use Cody as the bait? No one cares. Yes, we do forget about that. Because you know why we forget? Jess is fucking dead. Jess is dead. (laughs) They tried to perform CPR on Jess. It is not working. Bad CPR. It's not how CPR works It's not very good CPR. That's true. Bad CPR. But luckily, uh, luckily, Cody is a human defibrillator. (laughs) So he just... Reaches his hands down and gives a good electric charge into the chest of Jess. Doesn't work the first time. Clear hit him again. And <laughs> on the second shock, whoa, he comes back. And it's, did I have a dream that your girlfriend kissed me? Bro. Yeah, you were dead, bro. You were dead. Dead. Straight up dead. But then, the then, a, then a moment happens where the same footage of Mermom, she comes out of the sea and she stares to the eyes of land mom land, land mom. mom it's a land and sea combo and they stare a little surf and turf they it's a surf and turf <laughs> surf and turf they stare longingly into each other's eyes for like 15 to 27 seconds and then this may be my favorite part of we're the just power number this four very good <laughs> power number four power number four telepathy you yeah because land mom turf mom if you will says she says she wants to help you, that she'll teach you how to be a merman, that she'll have you back by the time school starts, <laughs> and that she loves you very much and she'll take care of you. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I like she'll have you back before school starts. That's the part that kills me because like, okay, fine. I will accept I am a woman. I'm not a mother, but I will accept that there is a kindred spirit between women. And I will accept that there is something probably between mothers, probably something organic and innate that, I, that I'll probably never know. But like it, it, it's something I'm sure 
hormonal that that women are bonded by. I can accept that if one mom looked at another's mom and they they could say, you know what, she she loves you. I can tell she loves you. Fine. But it's the she's going to have you back in a couple months. Okay, but also the problem is that he has a he has a tail fin. He has arm fins. He has scales. What the fuck does she mean she'll have him back before school starts? He's just going to come back and be a human again? Is that what's going to happen? Inexplicable. Inexplicable. But what we are treated to, though, Max, is one of the weirdest fucking send-offs of a decom, where everybody is just okay with Cody going to the ocean. We have Sammy like, don't fall in love with any mer-girls. Mom, make sure you're back by the next school year. Dave Coulier no lines uh and we have jess saying hey make sure to keep track of all that stuff you see beneath the ocean yeah we want to know all about it and we, then they just send them off my dad just tried to murder you and your mom but it's all good tell hey. us about your mollusk friends you make down there yeah we gucci we gucci and then they send him off but his tail has formed into one tail he flips out of the water he does an amazing jump with another wahoo <laughs> great cgi and then the mom starts to weep openly like they haven't just established that he's going to come back somehow. And then the movie ends. I just thought to myself, they run a tour boat company. Why can't he just come say hi? Well, mermaids can't <laughs> speak, what? Max. Just like wave, for, like swim up. They also have a, like an oceanside house, like just swim up and wave sometimes. Yeah, just be like, hey, I'm here. Y'all, this movie was wild. This was my first time viewing it. I, I'm sure I, I like through a 10 year old's eyes, like it would have been an interesting, fun movie, but as an adult, whoa. All right, let's get into the rating. I'll kick this one off. Okay. This is an average decom. Uh-huh. An average decom for me on a scale of one to 10 is a five. I am going to actually say that it's a slightly below average Disney film, strictly because the acting was shaky. The plot was way too long winded. There was no direct conflict. I'm going to give it a 4.9. I would watch it again for the comedy factor because it was funny, but in ways that it was not intending to be funny. I will, I will say, as I think about this film, regardless of the acting or whatnot, I did find Cody to be at least a likable main character, <laughs> which has not been true for most of these DCOMs. Uh, so that's a point in its direction, certainly. I did find as a... A uh, man that once went through the male puberty experience. I find this movie to be quite relatable. Um, I did not have a photo of any girlfriend by my bed, but I did ask my parents God. to close the door in the evening. Oh um, I don't think that the story structure makes any sense at all. So all in all, I think that I will give this a 5.2. A 5.2. Okay. Yes. Molly. I I'm going to be the toughest critic of all here. Well, uh, you're a woman, and this is a this is a boy movie about boys. Yeah, and how dare <laughs> they make a movie that's not catered to me? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, uh, it feels oddly pointed. Listen, I I may not have gone through male puberty, but I did go through puberty, so I like a good coming of age tale. But mm. I was bored. Fish tale? Yeah, but I say tale, good one. Yeah, yeah, nailed it. I was bored. Like I literally was falling asleep watching this movie because nothing happens. The whole plot, like it should be so interesting and funny. Uh, uh, there should be, there should have been more comedy too. I felt like this movie mm. wasn't funny at all, and there should have been really good bits about him, like 
discovering his mer powers and like it just wasn't f- it like at least brink tried to be funny and was funny a few times like i laughed more in under wraps than i did watching this movie uh i thought the characters were pretty blah i thought they underutilized dave coulier i thought it was boring no real climax i'm giving it a four two that's a fairly good little average we found there yeah, somewhere yeah. around like a four seven yeah, it, yeah. Uh, I, I do want to share with you two reviews from IMDb. Mm-hmm. There is a wide spectrum. The two I'm going to read you, one is a rating of three out of 10 and the other is an unrated, but it, it seems to rate fairly highly for this person. The three out of 10 is titled A Troubling Puberty. Young Chez Starbuck is going through one interesting puberty. In his 13th year, he's starting to grow fish scales and fins, especially when he's in the water, which being a junior high school swimming champion, he's in the water a lot. Disney Channel features aren't any competition for Gone with the Wind or The Godfather, but the 13th (laughs) year is definitely one of the silliest on record. There are so many holes in the plot on this one, I gave up counting. But I doubt this is the typical experience for mermen in any case. Just why the infant that grew up to be (laughs) Chess Starbuck was left on the boat was left unexplained. But I'm not sure I want to find that one out. I like that this review referred to him as Chez Starbuck. I, I doubt this is the experience of any merman. <laughs> is that what they wrote? It is exactly what I they wrote. I doubt that this is the experience of any merman. The, Bro, I got news for you. <laughs> yeah. The exact sentence is, but I doubt this is the typical experience for mermen in any case. Yikes. The second review I want to read for you, <laughs> the title is amazing. There's no numerical rating. (laughs) Good for mermaid fans not seeking porn. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what? That is the title of the review. Good for mermaid fans not Not seeking porn. Correct. So if you don't want to watch mermaid porn, this this will do. Your options are the Little Mermaid in the 13th year. (laughs) You got (laughs) Splash. A friend sent me this movie because we both like mermaids. (laughs) <laughs> Boy, that is the wrong reason to watch this movie. I gotta be honest with you. I thought it would suck, but I loved it. I bet. If there were any mermaid fans out there, you know how hard it can be to find mermaid videos without any porn. Oh, I know how hard it can be. <laughs> I just want to imagine this human. I don't. God, the only mermaid videos I can find are porn. Maybe I just need more mermaid videos. Maybe get off porn sites and you won't find mermaid porn. This is a great movie for teens. How much mermaid porn is there? I don't want I don't to know. I don't want to know. I don't think you should Google that. They don't have a vagina. <laughs> Or a dick. (laughs) (laughs) They're a fish! (laughs) Oh my god. This is a great movie for teens, especially who have an interest in movies. Plus, the guy who plays Cody is kind of cute. Also, if you've ever watched Full House, you will recognize the father. It's Joey, and he's really good in it. Now, mind you, he's not as funny as he was on Full House, but he's still pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with the last part of that. I need to know so much more about <laughs> this. I'll send you this review that, that person's life experience. 
I just want to watch mermaid videos, but they're all sexy. Yeah. <laughs> all I want is more non-porn mermaid movies. <laughs> I literally read this review earlier, and I was like, I gotta read this. This is wild. Do you, Do you think, think they persons- were <laughs> good? Do you think this person's fucking stoked for the new Little Mermaid? Like, they're out there somewhere just so excited. I was going to ask if you think that they liked the shape of water or not. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I think they liked the shape of water. I think they liked the Pirates of the Caribbean with the mermaid. Oh, yeah. Like, the fourth Pirates, which is, like, canonically trash, but I think that was their favorite one. Do they like scary mermaids if they don't like porn mermaids? Are they only okay with wholesome mermaids? Their favorite Harry Whole, Potter is yeah. Goblet of Fire. Wholesome like, non-poor mermaids. Mermom was very sexy in this movie. Like yeah. they, everyone's sexy. Everyone's sexy in this movie. I think. Yeah. It's anyway. I thought both of you would enjoy that. I did review. enjoy that. That's my I favorite did. review yet. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a that was a really fun to review. That was the thirteenth year. What do we got next, everybody? What do we got next? Smart House. Smart House. What a Hell dream! Yeah. I'm oh so excited. About I love that. Smart House. Yeah. I fucking love Smart House. I I just hope Smart House holds up because the the tally of ones that have held up versus those that haven't is a uh, pretty not, low. Not in a good yeah. uh, ratio. Slim pickings. And, and I just hope it hope it holds up. I agree. I love I Smart it. House. I love Smart House. Folks, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to like uh, and subscribe to all of our channels and social. So that's YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Feel free to please leave us a review because that is super helpful to us. Wherever you consume your podcast, we would love a review and a follow. And we look forward to having you join us next week as we get to review my personal favorite film we've seen thus far, Smart House. Thank you so Looking much. Looking forward to it. Bye. Thanks, Bye, y'all. Everybody. Bye.